Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 343 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be talking about how to create high converting landing pages with Sanda Vanderlee. This conversation was one that I think that so many bloggers will often kind of put their heels in and say, oh, I don't need a landing page. But if you have an opt-in, if you're going to sell a product, you need a landing page and you know how to need to know how to do it correctly so that it will convert. So this is an episode that you're going to want to make sure that you listen to. You're going to want to make sure that you grab her opt-in, her freebie that she is offering, which is going to give you a guide to really creating converting landing pages. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. Of course. I am so excited to have a conversation about how to create high converting landing pages. because I think it is so important for bloggers and influencers to understand this. But before we do, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Yeah, of course. So I'm Sandra Vanderly. I run Damn Copy, which is a copywriting company where I write done-for-you sales copy. And I have a template shop so that you can get really high converting copy without the custom conversion copywriter price tag. Love it. So good. Um, so let's talk a little about, about landing pages. What makes high converting landing pages? Well, I think like there's the obvious collaboration between good design and good copy, which I feel like that's kind of your obvious answer. I think where a lot of things go wrong is there's a really big part around alignment um, where if you just create an opt-in because you kind of, that's what you want to create, but you haven't thought about what does my audience actually want and need from me, it doesn't really matter what you put in the pa- on the page. If you put it in front of the wrong person, it's never really going to convert well. Um, and lately I'm seeing a trend towards different types of media to create, right? So we're going to talk about my opt-in later. Mine is a super basic PDF. Um, I have a couple of different ones, but I'm seeing a move towards, um, private podcasts, little audio summits, mini trainings, little tools. And so I think there's a very big thing about being highly strategic about who is my person? What do they need? How do they like to consume content? And what is the thing I'm selling after? Yes. Like, if yeah. Your opt-in floats into nothing and you're not selling a product on the back end. Like, well, that's cool. Welcome to the newsletter, I guess. Right. It's that sales funnel that people hear the word sales funnel and immediately like, oh, I can't do that. It's way too difficult. But it is. It's knowing your next step. And what is the purpose of having that person on your list? What are you trying to actually do with them? Sure, you have 5,000 people on your list, but do they take action? Action. What are you trying to push them towards? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. So, and I'm glad that you talked about the whole design and also the copy being important. Because I think a lot of people will actually just make a huge stress about the way the page looks. I know that that for me was something that held me up for such a long time. But understanding that it's also the words that we use. Are we actually hitting on the pain points that are going to make them want to take that action is huge. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I like, 
I like a good point point. Obviously, I know that makes sense. I also love phrasing things in terms of the benefits. Like, what are you going to get out of there? Um, yes. So one of the opt-ins I'll be experimenting with in my personal brand is actually a little one two set of a meditation and an activation, which is much more around like the benefit and the result and where we're going instead of where we are right now and why it sucks. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. No, I love that. So let's talk about this of a high converting landing page. Because I think a lot of people just go in, if they're using a certain software like ConvertKit or lead pages, they assume that it's already set up with everything they need. But what are the pieces of the structure that we should have? Honestly, at its core, it's it's really basic and easy. You need a juicy headline about the thing. We're going to want to see a mock-up of what's inside. And if you're going to spend time on the design, please make a pretty mock-up or have your virtual assistant or get it on Fiverr, but like get a nice mock-up, um, a description of the what and the why, um, some testimonials, if you have them for your freebie, which I think is like a really good way to be like, hey, this could be paid for if you look at the testimonials for this, especially mm -hmm. if you've got a lot of cold traffic on there, I would have like a mini bio. I'm like, I'm lazy. So that's, if you're like super open, don't worry. I'm lazy about lots of stuff and it all works anyway. Um, so I will often skip this for people already in my audience who I'm like trying to be like, well, here's a cool free thing I made for you. But if you work with cold traffic from ads, from summits, from podcast interviews, like it's like a short bio about you. It's really helpful. And for that, I want to say, don't just make it about why you can help people because it's boring. It's like, yes, if you have certifications and you're an expert, we want to know. But also tell me some fun facts about you. What are you afraid of? What are you crazy about? What's your guilty pleasure? Right? Like keep it a little... At the end of the day, we're talking to humans and mm -hmm. I get more sort of interaction around the... Um, I used to have a golden retriever. There's a TV show that I love that some of my, my audience loves, right? There's much more around that personality thing there. Um, and then a final sort of call to action at the bottom and that's it, you know, four or five sections and you're done. Yes. I love that piece that you're talking about with the bio, with making it unique. How are they going to connect with you differently than they'll connect with everyone else? We talk about that so much when we're talking about your positioning. Love that piece. Yeah. And it's, it's this thing where whenever I read someone's about page and it's kind of those hidden sales page things where it only talks about, I was struggling with this and then I overcame and now I can help you do it. And I get it. It's a really powerful story and I use it in sales emails and things, but it's boring because it doesn't tell me anything. Like I want to buy from people, be influenced by people, hire people that I would also want to go and have a coffee with. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So should your homepage be a landing page in order to grow your email list? This is such a good question. I, I love that. I'm glad you sent me that to prepare because now I can give like a good balanced answer. Um, short answer, yes. So for your homepage, and I actually get really good results too. I have a super general get the newsletters. So if you go to the damn copy homepage, you'll see, I think it's literally get the damn newsletter and it's the top button on my website, like straight in the header. You know what? It works. People randomly opt into that all the time and I have something very similar in the footer. Um, so there's not even a freebie. Like I'm not bribing people. It's like, hey, if you like what I'm about, get on a newsletter. That's it. Um, and then, so for me, a homepage is very much a, a sort of almost like a dating profile. It's like, hey, here's what I'm about. Here's how, you know, our life together would look like to kind of stick in the metaphor. Um, 
But I can also understand that, you know, if we go with the dating profile, they're not immediately ready to move in with you and buy your service or your highest hire package, right? So as they go down and they're like, oh, I like them. That's the perfect place to have a a specific opt-in, but in a general sense, right? Something that is more general to your work and not necessarily like, it doesn't always have to go into a funnel. It can be the general thing where it's like, hey, get this sort of overview of the five things you need to know about XYZ. And they get on the email list. So that's their sort of next step. Um, so I would yes. always have that towards the bottom of the homepage. Yes. Yeah. So you're kind of... I, in blogging speak, we often will say it's a squeeze page, right? Like you've got the top piece of that mm-hmm. opt-in right at the top in the header yeah. almost. And then you've got it down in the footer. So it kind of like squeezes all the content. But the purpose of it is to get them onto your list so that you can continue yes. to create that relationship. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, related to the thing that we talked about with the funnels, I, you know, I know funnels work. I'm working on a few on the back end. At the same time, I know that if someone comes into my world, they're going to buy from me eventually and probably more than one thing. And because I sell things systemically, not occasionally, not everyone's like consistently, right? I sell something every single month at least. I know that if someone comes into my world, it doesn't matter if they go through the funnel or not. It doesn't matter if they buy their tripwire or not. Eventually, they'll turn into buyers. Yes. So that lead is so valuable is the point, right? Exactly. So it's like, do not sort of wait until you have the perfect funnel ready and the perfect opt-in and the perfect... Like The thing you could do today is stick that general newsletter opt-in at the top. Yes. And it can just be a button that says, get the newsletter. That's it. Right. Yep. And then as we get into more of the sales funnels and knowing where our products and services are going to be, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Getting it a bit more specific for sure. So what is the difference between a high converting landing page for email and a landing page for sales? So for me, a sales page is so much more. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's just a lot longer. Um, I think that you sort of see a trend where they're almost like mini sales pages for a free thing. And like, if I need to commit 30 minutes to reading this thing, I'm not downloading it, right? Yes. So respect that, honor that. Um, so for me, when it comes to a sales page, it's, I always call it, it's the best salesperson in your business. My sales pages are the best salespeople in my business, right? Um, and that counts for services too. I don't know if you have service providers, but my mm-hmm. I don't talk to anyone about my services. They just go on my website and they book them. That's literally all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a sales page, I think there's much more of a journey and a story you take someone through. There's a lot more elements you're going to want to bring in. Um, you just need to go way more in depth, right? We're not selling a five-page PDF generally. So we can't just slap like five sentences, a pretty photo, a little bio, and a button and call it done. Um, although that can work too. Like I do really basic right. sales pages sometimes. Um so I think the big difference for me, it's a, it's a length thing and right. a level of detail and specificity. Do you think then with that being said, because you said the PDF as an example, if it's a lower price product, can it be a smaller, should it actually be a smaller sales page? Um, so there's this really silly thing that happens where conversion rates show that a longer sales page converts better, but it very much depends on your time, your type of buyer. Usually by the time I get to the sales page, I've already made a decision and I have two questions, right? It's like, what does it cost? When does it start? Those are my questions. Um, so for a smaller product, yes, I sell and I've even sold like 
um, all of my templates at once from a sales page that have maybe like two more sections than the little opt-in we just discussed. Right. And that was it, right? And it was an over a thousand dollar product and it converted way better than I thought it would. So I think that there is, um, to me, there's this trend where we write really long sales pages and they're full of mumbo jumbo and paragraphs of stuff. And we throw it in chat GTP or the content extender on one of these software so we can make it longer. And I'm like, your buyer isn't done, right? Like a lot of us don't need that. So I, you know, this is really annoying advice because it doesn't help that much. But to me, like it needs to be long enough to get to the point and tell the story but short enough so that you're not asking someone to like make a second cup of tea while they read and read and read and read. Yes. For me, I feel like it's when it starts to get repetitive. If you're telling me something that you already told me or you're showing me something you already showed me, that's a problem. I don't care if you're saying it backwards and forwards or however you're doing it. If I can see the same graphics in two different places and you're telling me the modules within your course, that's a problem. Yeah, the only exception to that for me is if they have like the hero mockup and the short list of what's included and the sign up button in the middle and you have that again at the end, that mm-hmm. works for me, right? Because I like having it there because usually we'll like read through everything or we'll read the frequently asked questions. So I like that you're not making me scroll back up to find a button and click the button. But other than that, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I get it. Can we? Yes. Yes. No, I think that that's such good advice for sure. So... What would you say is the biggest mistake made when creating landing pages? Not putting them out there, not finishing them, not like... Even a bad landing page is going to do better than no landing page. And this is, I think, the advice that everyone gets really annoyed about. But it's the advice that I always come back to. It's like, do not overthink it. Put it out there because you're not going to be able to make decision based on responses until you actually put it out there and get responses. Mm -hmm. For me, the holdup was always the sales copy. So with Mm -hmm. that in mind, what, how can we write better copy for a landing page or sales page? Um, So to me, there's, there's a basic thing that I I kind of do it subconsciously, um, but it's really helpful to sit down for like 30, 45 minutes and come up with, what are my words to describe things, right? Do I host webinars? Do I host online trainings? Do I host masterclasses? What is my name for that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love having a list of like brand words and descriptives. So this comes back to what are my values as a brand? How do I speak? Um, and I very often recommend if you struggle to write about your product, but you don't struggle to talk about it, record, get it transcribed and use how you talk about your product as your sales copy. Um Because I think that when we're very clear, and for example, for damn copy, like it's sweary, it's cheeky, it's very in your face, right? It's very, it has a distinctive tone. You don't have to go that extreme, but it's so helpful to know like, okay, so my descriptive words are fun and playful, or maybe it's serious and polite, right? And then the sentence, even the headline would be very different based on whether we're trying to be fun and playful or we're trying to be serious and polite. Um, so just taking like that little bit of time to sit down and really go like, how do I talk about my products? How do I talk to my people? What's the sort of vibe I'm trying to bring to the conversation? Um, that is just so helpful. 
Yes. I think for me, it helped too. Definitely the speaking, like that made a huge difference because I am much better at speaking what I'm thinking more than anything else. Mm -hmm. But also for me, it was knowing who I was speaking to, having that customer avatar in mind when I was talking about the pain points Mm -hmm. or telling her my story or telling her, you know, what we were going to overcome by going through the program or whatever it might be. Uh, That made a huge difference for me too. I love that you said it. Like, I'm really contrarian about the whole thing where I think most ideal client avatars I get from clients as a prep work are completely, utterly useless to me because they're very surface level, very often. So I think that there's a really, I love that you need to know who you talk to. I kind of go the opposite way. And it's like, what do I want to make? And how do I find the person that wants this? So I kind of come in from the other angle. Um, If you do that, think about it in dreams and aspirations, not in do they go to yoga or to Pilates or to kickboxing? And what's their Starbucks order? Like all of that information is completely irrelevant to me, which right. is sadly, if you download the free customer avatar, like that's very often the level. What magazine does she read? Like it does not matter. Right. No, it's definitely those feelings that, that they get or the yeah. things that they want out of life. Like you said, aspirations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. is yes. when I think of when I'm talking to that person. And yeah. I always find it for me, it's someone in my real life. It's someone that I've had those conversations with and maybe I met them because we were at a conference together and she started asking me all these questions about something. Um, but that is, I always yeah. think of that person and it is, it's the aspirations of what she's trying to get to yeah. and how that product can help her do that. And I, you know, a question I also really like to ask around the subject is like, what am I not supposed to say about this? Or what's everyone secretly thinking, but no one dares to speak out loud. And then, and especially in damn copy, it's really easy because it's like, I come out and I say that, right? So I have a, I did a thing around list building and it's this thing where so many people that I notice and I see this in my clients all the time. And there's probably people listening to this who are the same, where it's like, they list build, they list build, they list build. And then they never sell to them, right? And I was like, everyone told you you needed a list. And now you have a list, but you're not making any more money because you're not doing the sales bit. And it's this thing where you kind of talk to that part that they all have in common, but everyone's kind of too afraid to say out loud. And you just come out and say that to them. And there's something magical that happens when we say the things that everyone wants to say, but most people are scared to. Yes. It's because that makes you, you your unique voice. You're saying the things yes. that others are not willing to say. And they immediately connect to that because you'll get the... My favorite response that I get back from emails is when someone says, I felt like you were like a fly in the wall in my house. I read that email and I was like, oh my God, where is she? She's talking to me. Why yeah. do I hear Jenny in my voice, in my head? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a huge thing to be able yes. to do that. I, you know, there's a magical thing and I never, which is kind of making me reevaluate my own business because I get the feedback that I give people permission by speaking this way, by being this way. There's a much bigger thing around like being, getting permission. And it's like, you don't need my permission for anything, but because of the way I show up and do it, they can do that too, which is such a, and that's not really directly related to my work, but that's kind of the feedback I get back. So there's real magic that happens when you, Talk about like the underbelly stuff, the deep, dark secrets, the secret desires when you when you go there, because most people try to be sort of general and they don't want to offend anyone. And that that's what makes it bland. Yes. No, I so agree. And I think I've seen my business where I can know when it was flourishing 
prior to COVID. And then when COVID happened, I kind of shut down as a business owner because it was just so much going on with my family with having to homeschool my two daughters and be a mom and do all the things. And then I saw that shift probably about nine months ago where it was like, we're out of this. I can go back to being who I am meant to be and have my voice and say the things that I haven't been saying because I hadn't dealt with them myself. And I think when you do that, people really do. They authentically connect with you. They want to know that you're a human and are going through the same things that they are going through. And you're going to get done subscribes, right? So I see a very strong relation. The most responded to emails, the most effective, the emails that make the most sales, they get the most replies. They also get the most unsubscribes. Like when you say stuff that not everyone, and that's okay, right? Like they can filter out. It's fine. Um, No hard feelings, right? Um, So don't worry about the unsubscribes when you start showing up bolder and more open. Um, And then I think there's another side note there. It's also like, make sure that you kind of cultivate being okay with it in yourself. Because especially what you just mentioned, if you talk about this thing where I can imagine it might be something like, thank God, I'm glad my kids are out of the house, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. not something you can sort of admit out loud in polite company or with your in-laws, right? There's certain where you're like, oh, that's that's a big right. thing. <laughs> so I think that there's a thing that as long as you're clear and okay with it within you and you've made peace with it, then you can come out and speak it because if someone responds negatively or rudely or it doesn't matter because you've already decided what's true about you. Um, Whereas if you if you communicate it too soon and you tell the story when you're still kind of unclear and there's murkiness, it hurts like hell if someone doesn't respond nicely, politely, um, agrees with you. Right. Um, yeah. So that's if you want to start doing this, like make sure that you're clear inside yourself and you feel good about it. Yes. And I think we see that too, even when people share on like Instagram or they're doing a TikTok or they're doing a podcast interview, some people will, there's a line for everyone, right? And you can tell when someone has walks over their own line because it Uh almost is like you're uncomfortable watching it or uncomfortable listening to like, oh, this is a lot deeper. She was not ready to talk about this. Um, And I think we have to determine what that line is for us. And over time, it possibly will change. You may be willing to share about an experience that happened that you're just not ready to yet. Um, But I do. I think that that's what makes us human and gives us that ability to connect to each other. So now tell me about your your guide to converting landing pages that you're offering free to my audience. Yeah, of course. So it's um it's a PDF guide. It's got a little bit of a summary about what we talked about. It's got some more sort of actionable hints and tips. Um, just download it, look at it, and realize for yourself that you don't have to overcomplicate it to make it work because this one works perfectly. Yes, I love that. And we're going to make sure that we actually link to that in the show notes so people can hop over and get that. My audience also knows they can always send me a DM on Instagram um, at Jenny underscore Melrose. And I will just send you a link directly to it to your DM so that you can get it. Sandra, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my audience. Of course. This is so... Honestly, I love talking. <laughs> talking and writing. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. Sandra could clearly continue to talk about anything that comes to sales pages, landing pages, copy, what goes into that. I think it's just so important that we really stress understanding who that person is that you're trying to create content 
for when you are trying to get them onto your list or to sell them a product or service. Like she said, it doesn't make sense to have people sitting on your list if you're not going to sell them or have a call to action for them to do something. So make sure if you haven't already that you go and grab her guide that she is offering so that you can start creating converting landing pages yourself. As always, I appreciate you all so much for leaving a rating and review. If you haven't already, I would appreciate it if you did. All you got to do is write in your podcasting app that you are listening to. Go down to the bottom underneath all my episodes and you'll see a rating spot and a review. It takes two minutes. I promise it's super easy to do. Write me two sentences. Even if you tear me a new one, it's fine. Rating and reviews help regardless. All right, you guys, I'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.